And welcome back to episode eight of Cheap Seats, the number one sports podcast produced by the WDBC Dragon Broadcast Program. With me today, I got two people. I got Dallas Romberg. Hey, what's up, y'all? And then I got Jackson Bellinger. Hello. Can I just say that we um, are only doing this over Zoom because of Dawson, who is not here. So I'm Dawson, if you're listening to this, um, yeah, you owe me more than just a pizza. By the way, that pizza was very good. Anyway, um, that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk anything sports. We got high school sports, college sports, professional sports. That is all us. So I want to jump into some college basketball. Um, I want to try actually something new. I thought of this idea last night. So I got a video clip for y'all to watch, and then we'll kind of discuss it a little bit. So let me pull that video clip up right now. There we go. So this is the clip I am talking about. I should be sharing screen, so let's watch, and then I'll get y'all thought, y'all's thoughts on it. Badgers win it 77 to 63, and Juwan Howard not going over immediately to shake hands. Now he's going to get in the line. Interesting finish here, 77. Oh, see, and they're going at it. Oh, yeah. Howard and Guard are not happy right now as the two of them continue to have words. We told you Jawan Howard was not happy about that timeout. Yo, and Jawan Howard just threw a right hand. And now we got a scrum. We have a scrum in Madison. Players are pushing and shoving. This is an ugly scene. This is an ugly scene. Oh, my God. Trying to get separated, and there's no... Yeah, so that happened um, Sunday in Madison, Wisconsin. Michigan lost to Wisconsin by over 20 points. So, um, I first want to start by this. That is actually the first time I saw that video clip. I love how CBS... Um, Kept just their music rolling. Like, we probably heard that, like, you know, the CBS theme song did, you know, which one I'm talking about. So yeah. they kept that going like six or seven times. And you, you just kept hearing it um, loop. So props to CBS for that. I love how um, the commentators kept it professional. Like, they just described the action. But um, just for some reference, if anyone at home or you or whoever doesn't know what I'm talking, what we're talking about right now. Sunday, Wisconsin got blown out by or blew out Michigan by over 20 points. Joanna Howard set a full court press with less than a minute left, which the Wisconsin coach did not like. So he called a timeout with less than a minute left. And so Howard did not like that, hence what happened in the postgame line. So um, Michigan's head coach, Joanna Howard, Jalbert Joanna, as they call him, is now suspended for the regular season. He will be back with Michigan for the Big Ten tournament, they they won their first game against Rutgers at home yesterday without Jawan. So um, let's get y'all thoughts on that. Um, I think it's petty on both sides. Uh, Jawan Howard is playing full press defense down twenty with a minute. Uh, so there's no reason to even be trying anymore. Um, and then it's even and then it's petty on the Wisconsin side for calling a timeout when you could just get up the floor, pass the ball around for a few seconds and draw the timeout. But it it's petty and then it ends in a fight and it's not a good look for either coaches or or the teams. 
Um, I just want to say I'm a big Michigan fan. So, you know, I, I mean, I see where both coaches kind of coming from Jawan at the end. I mean, it just got out of hands. Tensions were rising and knowing our beef with Wisconsin anyway, as Michigan. Wait, hold up, hold up. Our our beef, you go, you go to Michigan. You, you, you go. No, I'm just, I'm just fine with you. I mean, like the beef as a state with Wisconsin in general, not like me in person. But, like, you know, just like our beef as Michiganders to the cheeseheads over in Wisconsin, you know, it's like tensions were already high going into that game already. So I can only imagine that the full court press and all that just didn't end up helping. Okay, I want to, I want to, I want to propose this question to you. Who do you think is more in the wrong in this situation? Remember, Juwan Howard threw punches at Garth Brooks the Wisconsin head coach. Who do you think's in the wrong more? And do you think Juwan Howard should still have his job come next year? Um, uh, I think they're – oh, go ahead. So generally, I, I do think Juwan Howard is more in the wrong here. He started it all off with the full court press within the minute. But then, of course, the Wisconsin coach being petty as he was, calling the timeout and saying – How's just, that being petty? He's wanting to run a full-court offense to break the press. I don't I don't see that being petty at all. Well, for one, it's like, why not just pass it out and get your regular team deep offense going again because it's not going to like – Because down the court, No, no basketball thing. here for a second. You're going to have two different – you're going to run a completely different inbound offense against a non-full-court press versus against a full-court press. So I, I, I get what you're saying, saying that Wisconsin might have been able to do something without calling that offense or without calling a timeout. But I also see where the Wisconsin coach was coming from, calling that timeout. Again, that's why I say I see both sides of it, like both of them being upset at the end, you know. So it could really go both ways. But I think Juwan Howard is more in fault on that occasion. But in all honesty, I think he will keep his job over this. Like, it'll be basically last year's news by the point of that. Let me remind y'all about some stuff. So this is not the first instance of Jawan Howard losing his temper, hence the nickname Jailbird Jawan. We saw it against Maryland last year in the Big Ten tournament. He was suspended for, I believe, one game back then. He's had multiple late-game technical fouls by the refs. He had the incident there, and he has multiple incidents as a player. So there's a reason Michigan continuously gives him other chances and other chances, yet it keeps coming back to bite them because he keeps getting those dumb fouls that in the end can cost their team a game. Think about it. They lost two of their players for one game, the game against Rutgers last night. They lost their head coach until the Big Ten tournament. They did an awesome job of getting rid of Rutgers without all three of them. It shows really the true depth on that Michigan team. And it shows them why I think they're a sleeper to possibly even take home another Big Ten tourney championship. But with that being said, Michigan's really got to realize, like, hey, this guy is notorious for getting those stupid late-game technical fouls where if you're in the Elite Eight, you're in the Final Four, you're even in the championship game. How many of those games come down to the final second? A lot of them. Think about the Gonzaga-UCLA game where Jalen Suggs had to make that buzzer beater to win the game for them. So you think about it. You're giving up that technical foul in a situation 
where every point matters, those are two points basically, or that's even one or two points and possibly the ball you're giving back to the other team. That could be the difference between you winning a championship or even making it to the championship versus being runner, runner up versus losing in the lead eight versus losing in the final four. So in my opinion, it's just time for Michigan to come to their senses and look, be like, hey, it's just a matter of time before this guy burns us in the wrong situation. So kind of moving on from that, I want to talk some wider um, NCAA college basketball. I'm looking up the polls right now for them. Gonzaga being the number one overall ranked team in the country. Once again, they're 23 and two. They're on a 16 game win streak. Arizona's right on their behind at 24 and two, winning eight in a row. Auburn, who had that upset a couple weeks ago, is 25 and three, followed by Purdue and Kansas round out the top five. So if you had to pick it right now, who would be your final four? Um, Probably number one being Gonzaga. They're just – they constantly seem to always get in. Number two, I could see it in Arizona possibly getting in there, maybe in Auburn at number two. You know, those two are pretty interchangeable, I feel like. Auburn probably known more for their basketball. But, you know, and four, I just – you know, I think that's going to change a lot going into it. I really think also you got to think about, I really think, especially in this March Madness, we've seen it all year. We've seen constant number ones go down. We've seen Purdue lose at number one. We've seen Auburn lose at number one. We've seen Kansas, Duke, Gonzaga. We've seen all these big time teams lose at number one. So it's just going to be a matter of time. I'm not saying we're going to see like an Oral Roberts or Loyola Chicago, someone like that, make it to the Elite Eight. But we could possibly see a Michigan, Michigan State, Texas Tech, make it to the Elite Eight Final Four. Even maybe like a Minnesota, a Wisconsin, Ohio State. The Big Ten's loaded. The Big Ten's going to be the best tournament this year, in my opinion. But, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of time before. And we can really accurately say who is going to be in there. There's still a lot of basketball to be played last left to be played. Um, I really think you got to give credit to Duke, Kentucky, Villanova, Texas Tech, Baylor um, for being in the top 10. Um, Kentucky sitting at six. So if I had to choose right now, today, I'd say it'd probably be Gonzaga. I'm saying Gonzaga, Purdue, Kentucky, and I'll put in Arizona. I think all four of those I, – I really feel like all each top ten team really has a case to state why they would – why they believe they'd be in the top four or in the final four. Jackson, you got any thoughts? Jackson Bellinger is now gone, ladies and gentlemen. He is muted. There he is. I probably got the same top three as uh, I probably got the same top three as Dallas. Uh, except my four. Um, I don't really like Purdue just because I, I just don't trust them enough at the moment. 
Um, They've had a couple of huge upset losses. But Mm -hmm. Uh, I'd probably have to go with, uh, like you said, like Arizona. Okay, moving on, I want to talk about the big game, Super Bowl Sunday. Man, what a game it's been. Matthew Stafford doing what he's done his whole career. Cooper Cubs, congratulations to him. Big shout-out to Van Jefferson and the brand-new baby boy champ, Jefferson. So I just want to get – man, you know what? Let's start talking about this. What what did you think about the halftime show? Let's start talking about that. I liked it – I'm a big Kendrick Lamar fan, so I'm kind of biased, but I liked it. Um, I definitely have to say I did like it. Probably one of the best ones previously, like, done now. Just the the squad and that, the, like, lineup they had for that halftime show was just perfectly set out there. You had Dr. Dre, Snoop, Kendrick, M. It was just perfectly done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I gotta agree with both of you. Really, looking going into it, like we've seen a lot more of like these current artists come in. We've seen um, the weekend did it last year. Bruno Mars has done it a couple of years. Um, Coldplay did it the one year. Um, um, Justin Timberlake did it. So really, seeing Dr. Dre, uh, Mary J. Blige, Kendrick Lamar, Eminem, and Snoop. Four out of those five of those are old, like, 80s, 90s rappers, early 2000s. So really starting to see that lineup, all, all of them k- killed it. Uh, I'm going to say that was probably top five to ten Super Bowl halftimes of all time. It was amazing. There, It was entertaining. It was engaging. Did you see the little um lights on the mat, the mat um, that was there? Man, they did an awesome job on that. So yeah, no, kudos, kudos to them. Um, now let's start talking about some gameplay. Um, Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup, Cup, Cooper Cup obviously won the MVP. Who should have won it in your opinion? Um, I think Cooper Cup could have gotten it, but in my eyes, it should have been Aaron Donald who kept a who basically had a Joe Burrow running for his life all night. And also making the game-winning play, uh, I mean, I didn't see any reason not to give to AD. Except MVP is an offensive award, and it's, it's been like that's the last five, ten years. I really think it goes back to that case of who's going to be the most popular player. We saw it with Patrick Mahomes the year they beat the San Francisco 49ers. I really, and I still believe it should have went to Damian Williams. He bowled out the second half. He's the main reason it went, or the Chiefs won that game. So it really goes down to which player is the most popular to the fans. And now you mentioned Aaron Donald. He's really popular with the fans. He's a fan favorite, but he's a defensive player. MVP is usually an offensive player. So looking at their offense, they got OBJ, who, by the way, and I know Dallas, we were hanging out for the Super Bowl, and I was saying this to you. I really thought, I really thought OBJ was going to take it home the way. He started with that first half before he unfortunately um, tore his ACL. Man, Matt Stafford had a great game, minus the two interceptions. I know the one wasn't his fault. Um, yeah, I mean, 
the most popular player on that offense is Cooper Cup, the offensive player of the year, the um, triple crown winner for wide receivers. He's had an awesome year. He had an awesome year. I really think he's solidified himself as a top 10, top 10 wide receiver. Even I can see an argument for him being top eight to top five. So I really think it's going to be fun to see how he duplicates that next year, how he's able to kind of like come back because you really know defenses are going to really start game playing, game playing, game planning to stopping number 10. But yeah, that's all I got to say about it. Mm-hmm. He's definitely one of the fan favorites, but um, even when he's double covered, he can find ways to get open. Yeah, he, he's got he incredible had, hands. He doesn't drop open passes ever. So he had that amazing touchdown catch that sealed or that um gave the Rams the lead, the lead that they would eventually hold on to. Mm-hmm. He's probably one of, if not the most important piece of that offense. He is, other than Stafford, probably, but. He really is. That run game was not helping at all. Man, let's talk about Joe Burrow, though. He went 22 for 33 for 263. Touchdown, no interception. He did get sacked about seven times for 43 yards. Had a QBR of 39.7. Had a rating of 101 evenly. We're talking about a future quarterback superstar. I really think the AFCs can be loaded for years to come. You got Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow. You got all these really good Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is a name that I really feel like once he starts getting targets and he starts getting, he gets a head coach. I really think, I, I know I'm going off on a different tangent right now. I really think Doug Peterson is the coach to help develop uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence, he did an amazing job in Philly. He won that Super Bowl with Nick Foles. Carson Wentz had a great season that year before he went out injured. So once you start seeing that culture built up in Jacksonville and you really start seeing them bring in those key pieces on offense, he's going to be a quarterback to mess with. We've seen it and um, we saw it at Clemson for years. And um, But going back to my point, there's a lot of really young, good quarterbacks in the AFC. Um, I just want to say, though, real quickly that how the Super Bowl ended up happening as well, both quarterbacks ended up getting injured later in the game after you saw Matt Stafford get hurt first. But you know how Stafford is. He's used to playing hurt, basically. And you kind of saw how that brought out him more into that game. And Joe Burrow, young guy, you know, ended up getting hurt as well. I would get why people will say that was a questionable call, but I think it was a smart play on the defense to make sure he got down to make sure that sack was a sack and not a throwaway. But again, both quarterbacks going, getting injured. You could see that it took a toll on Burrow later on in the game by him not being able to run around as much as he wanted to. I mean, and Aaron I think Donald that, was also offsides on that play, though, but. Roughing honestly went both ways, though. Refs have always it again. That's the thing that makes it. Refs dictate the outcome of the game. I don't care what the NFL says. Refs outcome the dictate the outcome of the game, regular season and postseason. Again, but if it was perfect calls all the way, we wouldn't want to watch. Let's be honest. I mean, they missed the um. Who was that, Jim? Or T. Higgins that ripped the um face mask off of Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, no, but, that's just 
that's just kind of my two cents about it. But again, like if every call was being called, like every little movement was a false start, every little like every little bit was just yeah. some form of call and it was perfectly to a T, we wouldn't want to watch the game anymore. So I mean the NFL is rigged. No. I'm I'm not one of those people. <laughs> we ain't doing that Tom Brady thing again. All right. With that being said, that will wrap up episode eight of Cheap Seats, the number one sports podcast produced by the WDBC Dragon Broadcast Program. I want to thank my two guests on with me today, Dallas Romberg. Yeah. Jackson Bellinger. Thank you. Make sure to stay tuned in a couple of weeks where we, where we will recap some NBA action. We'll talk some NHL. We've got a lot more sports coming your way, and we'll see you all then.